The meaning of the term evangelical appears to have shifted over the years. It began as a distinguishing between those that were fundamentalists, maybe on one end and mainline on the other, a term to use that described a theological identity and a spiritual practice. But it morphed into more of a political identity. Well, you think of the moral majority and the rise of the evangelical vote and the conservative politics. And unfortunately, that's almost where it is. Seems to be a synonymous, a political thing in people's minds. But now we're at a place where there are others who have a theological position and they embrace the term evangelical. And we wonder, would I identify with them? Welcome to Calvary Conversations. So we began a conversation about the term evangelical, and we've talked about some different aspects. Should we still be using the term to identify ourselves? How should we clarify it if we do? Well, I'm Mike Dodds. I'm the host for today's continued conversation about the term evangelical, and we have our usual co-host here, Sean LePage, the chair of the Ministry Studies Department, Tim Haynes, the chairman of our English Department here at Calvary, and Josh Paxton, director of the Burnham Center for Global Engagement. Welcome to this conversation today, guys. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. Looking forward Good to being here, Mike. Well, we began a multi-part discussion of evangelicalism. We looked at one term. We went back to a definition from uh, uh, David Bebbington, a historian, and he said that evangelicals are known for their biblicism, their crucicentrism, their conversionism, and their activism. And we've already talked about, discussed the term and crucicentrism. And today we want to discuss biblicism. Listen to the assertion of the statement of faith from the National Association of Evangelicals. They say in this area, we believe the Bible to be the inspired, the only infallible, authoritative word of God. All right, guys, quickly unpack that definition for our listeners, just so we have a common talking ground here about biblicism. What does that definition mean? Well, I think that anytime we believe something, we have to have a basis on which to believe it. And really, this, this distinctive addresses the evangelicals epistemology which is how do we even know what is true where do we get our truth what is our source of truth and for the i would suggest that for the christian it should be uh, the word of god and that mm -hmm. that is something that for a lot of protestants listening to this they may think well that's that's really obvious but to a lot of my family members and and friends who are in the uh, Eastern Orthodox Church, or or to to people I've I've known who are Catholic, that would actually not be the case. It would be mm -hmm. church tradition. Um, there are many who view Scripture as helpful, but not literal, and therefore not authoritative in any way. So, like this, really strikes at the core of our our epistemology. A thinking Christian has to understand why he or she believes what they believe. And I, I think what the NAE is attempting to do here is, is make the Bible the core of our epistemology, the core of our, our view of truth. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what does it mean? Josh or John? Uh, well, inspired. I mean, just to break down those terms, inspired speaks to 
2 uh, Timothy 3.16, which says all scripture is God breathed. And without going too deep into the doctrine of inspiration, you know, we, the four of us here, the rest at Calvary University, we believe that, that this book is the very words of God. Now, while he spoke through different authors and they used their personalities, some of them did research. It's not dictated. Uh, it is the very words of God as if God were speaking directly to us uh, through the Bible. And that is what it means to be inspired. Uh, infallible. Infallible is a hard one. Infallible could could in. I, I think Sean and I might might disagree a little bit on this, but I, I I think infallible could include being inerrant. But I think maybe maybe the bigger thing here is that it's trustworthy. You can you can trust what it says, right? That that the you can build your life upon it as a trustworthy foundation. That this is God's inspired word to you, which speaks right into authoritative. Then in that. God's word has the right to tell you what to do, quite frankly. Uh, it is, as I communicated to one of mm -hmm. my classes the other day, it's uh, we are not to be the judges of God's word. We are to judge our lives by what it says. It has it is authoritative in our life to to tell us what we should and should not be doing with our lives. Yeah, I would I would uh, add, by the way, that the. The National Association of Evangelicals isn't like it's not like a, a club and we all have to toe the same exact line. It's not it's 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 one organization that does, you know, um, have a have a pretty powerful voice. But um, uh, but there's it's not like there's a centralized uh, authority system here amongst evangelicals, which is, you know, maybe not everybody uh, understands that. But uh, so I think, you know, most of us or some of us would prefer more words. Like I, I tell my students this all the time. Give me more words. Don't just <laughs> don't just give me a single Clarity. sentence about something so important as the Bible. Uh, you know, you give me one sentence here. Um, uh, so so that's kind of my, my my feeling on this, you know, and, and Josh, I don't think we would disagree on that i think you did a pretty good job with infallible it's kind of a squishy word i think and it is. and um you know i think it i think it assumes that that uh the idea of inerrancy that the bible is without error um but you know um the other thing I, i'm just i'm just you know kind of imagining uh who who might be listening to this you know it's not like we just make up these words and say oh this this book is uh infallible or this book is is our authority it's it's actually you know what the bible says about itself that that's what these words uh and we could add more words to this uh but but that's you know th that's where we get these ideas uh such as inspired that comes from second timothy 3 16 you know that, that that the Bible is God breathed. That's what inspired literally means. God breathed it. God gave it to us. And so you know, um, the, the this is a good start here. Inspired, infallible, authoritative. Um, I, I think it's a it's it's pretty good. It's very brief. I'm sure that's intentional. Um, but you know, these are these are what the the, the things that the Bible uh, says about itself. And and uh, you know Tim is right that we're what we're talking about here is the on the on the 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 bigger level is 
you know, has God spoken? And, and, and if so, you know, uh, how do we know what he has said? Uh, or or it, on, on a bigger level, how do we know anything? How do we know anything that we, we claim to know? Well, uh, what we believe, and there's there's good reason, and and it's a it's a it's a long, you know, kind of detailed conversation as to why we believe the Bible uh, is the Word of God. But that's, I mean, I, I can't think of many things that are more important than than you know, uh, is there a God and has He spoken? And if if mm-hmm. you know if the Bible is indeed that, then you know. Uh, it, it's it's got to be central to to who we are and 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 you know more to the conversation defining what an evangelical is uh, we believe god has spoken and it's contained in this book hmm. but, but yet guys god hasn't spoken about everything um <laughs> and so there are people that struggle with that you know in the church in christianity i i, I ran across an article in got questions one of our graduates started that ministry got questions uh, the article was entitled, What is an Evangelical? And here's what the author of that article says. Whether Christians like it or not, the word evangelical is increasingly associated with attitudes and actions contrary to biblical faith. Wow. So everything we've just said, it's a foundation of it. We should we should talk it and say it. But yet there are some that used to be evangelical that don't like that. The article goes on. Recently, there's a trend for exvangelical, they call themselves, to describe somebody who's moved. They want to distance themselves from this biblicism. This, they, in fact, they oppose evangelicalism. Now, listening to an exvangelical person, he writes this, not this Got Questions article, but a, an ex-evangelical. He says, evangelicals interpret the Bible literally. And it's almost you can hear the, the ha-ha-ha with, within the writing. He goes on, talking animals, walking on water, a man living in the body of a whale, a 90-year-old woman giving birth. They believe this stuff literally. (laughs) Evangelicals are anti-intellectual and Mm anti-science. Is evangelical biblicism a problem? (laughs) Mike, I have to. Evangelicals are anti-science. Okay? So... The and most the basic of science, <laughs> the most basic of scientific principles, would tell us that life cannot come from non-life, and yet that's what pretty much every single evolutionary biologist who believes in the Big Bang had. Right? That's that at some point in time we got life when there wasn't any. Who's really anti-science? Um, yeah, and I would add, um, science teaches us. Or, or, or you know, that perspective, that worldview teaches that we got everything from nothing, or that uh, the 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 matter that exploded in the Big Bang has existed eternally. Uh, that too is very unscientific. So, just adding but, that. But, but coming uh-huh. back to our topic of biblicism, let's stay on that <laughs> one because we get we just got a big topic going. You know, yeah, you know, but, I but think they're it, saying I, the Bible's wrong and how it asserts creation. Um, so the late Tim Keller had uh, often said this about scripture, that it's one of the key sticking points in our culture today, that a lot of its ideas appear to be just very outdated and out of step mm-hmm. with modern thinking. Here's something that I would I- encourage believers who maybe question as, as they hear sort of the world's interpretation of what the Bible really is. 
here's how I would encourage you. I would encourage you with the late Tim Keller's words. that The Bible has always been out of step with <laughs> modern culture. It was incredibly out of step with the morality and the thought processes of the Greeks. Uh, in, in Paul's day, it, it was incredibly out of step with, with the culture that uh, it was birthed in, uh, in terms of um, uh, even their own behavior, uh, under uh, people's own behavior under Judaism, and of course, in the New Testament, as, as a new revelation was coming. Look, that's something that Christians have to be willing to accept, right? It, it doesn't make it wrong just because it's uncomfortable. We, we have to understand the human tendency for safety, right? It's that, you know, what evolutionary biologists would call the lizard brain, right? But it, there is a part of our brain that <laughs> that wants safety, right? Um, and, and so it, if you have a choice between believing something that is difficult but true and something that is um, just going to make your life go a whole lot smoother in terms of your your, your culture, what will you believe? And the Bible is, is our, not only our source of authority, but really the stopgap measure to say, oh, oh, hold on a minute. Mm. <laughs> Modern culture, what people, what the majority believes is often fraught. <laughs> and here's the truth, hold the line. And that's, that's really, you know, as Christians, how, how we view the scripture. It doesn't mean that we're anti-intellectual. In, in fact, we think a great deal about our, our foundational suppositions that are within Scripture. What it means, and it kind of Sean was saying this in a way with what, you, what you're saying about uh, evolutionary theory. There, If you look at evolutionary theory and creationism, right, there are two foundational suppositions. One, that matter and energy always existed. One, that the world is a creation from the Word of God because the, the uh, uh, because an infinite eternal being has always existed, right? And when you hear it from that standpoint, it's just sort of like, well, you have to make your choice in your foundational supposition. But don't tell me that one is, one is well, I giving at least respect to the other side, I, I don't tell me that one is less logical, right? Um, in terms of, I'm sorry, I should say this. I, I'm not being entirely fair. To me, Actually, I would say that the, the view that matter and energy uh, always existed is less logical. I'm taking a very long time to say this, but what I'm saying is that uh, the Bible teaches us a set of presuppositions by which we live. They may be countercultural, but they're not illogical and they're not unscientific. Hmm. That's good, Tim. I, you know, the, the, I was also thinking about, you know, uh, major scientific discoveries throughout history, especially over the past 500 years or so, um, have been out, out of step with culture, have been out of step with the, the mainstream uh, uh, view of, of, of the world and creation and so forth. Um, lots of, lots of science, not, not, not necessarily all, but many, many scientific discoveries have, have been, um, you know, uh, poor, poorly or, or, or I guess, counter to what the 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 uh, accepted ideas of the day were mm -hmm. and and so just because the bible is counter to uh the accepted ideas of our culture or of our world uh does not make it uh wrong um you know truth is truth um and 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 that should be our pursuit is the pursuit of truth um, not not just what makes sense to us at the moment or what is popular.
Yeah. And, yeah. And, and really quick, to be fair, I am not to be fair, I'm not going to suggest that the church has ever been on the wrong side of this, right? Or hasn't <laughs> ever been on the wrong side of this, right? We have <laughs> yeah. been on the wrong side of things, That's right? right. Uh, uh, the the church in the U.S. It's uncomfortable to talk about, but the church in the South and in, in you know among uh, whites was was very wrong in terms of how they interpreted the Bible in terms of race, right? But I would suggest to you, or uh, you know, going back to Galileo's time in the Catholic Church and, and the view that that um, the, the Earth was not uh, the universe was not Earth-centric, right? So this. There have been times where the church has been wrong about these things, but what what we understand is that these things are not clear. We're not these these fallacies were not clearly spoken in scripture. They were really misused, uh, or, or was scripture misinterpreted, right? And 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 actually not taken, uh, uh, not read according to a literal historical and uh, contextual hermeneutic, right? Which is what. Mm. Um, I know what Calvary espouses, but yeah, here, here's where we're, we, we've introduced a, a number of topics. You know, the the whole subject of the uh, NAE's statement on this topic, biblicism inspired only infallible. And Sean, you were talking about the, the sloppiness of the term there at one point that it allows for diversity concerning creation. What does the biblical account mean? And there's the diversity within evangelicalism toward that. We need to have some of our science people come here from Calvary and get in a conversation about that one. But let's stay on biblicism here. Uh, Bebbington, uh, his definition there that we're using for our conversations here, he says, biblicism means a high, high regard for and obedience to the Bible as the ultimate authority. And I think he's assuming, I'm going to make an assumption here, he's talking about how we live. We, we've talked about the, uh, the, the the stance of the Bible, what it says, and Tim, you said the epistemological foundation that's there. But we hear of people today, and here's the tension with the term evangelical, we hear and see and read about people who claim to be evangelical, but their lives are not biblical. They're They're living in what we call sinful ways and unbiblical ways. So is it true that evangelicals believe that we should be obedient to the Bible as the ultimate authority for how to live? Why is our stance perhaps against that? Meaning that's not what biblicism means. You can sort of make up your own because the Bible talks about grace or love or what's the issue here? Why can somebody claim to be an evangelical read, and live unbiblically? Pardon? Have any of you ever read a Jefferson Bible? No. A Jefferson Bible? No. no. So Thomas Jefferson, um, third, right? Am I getting my history right? Third president, Washington, Adams, Jefferson, third president of the United States, um, took his Bible and basically cut out all of the things that he disagreed with. And <laughs> and he created the the Jefferson Bible. Um, there's probably a reason that none of us have actually read the Jefferson Bible, but uh, I'm told if you go to Monticello, you can see the original Jefferson Bible. But <clears throat> if if the Bible is true now, I believe that it is, but I'm saying if is kind of a conditional statement. But if if the Bible is truth. 
right? That's we've been having this conversation about epistemology, worldview. What is the foundation of truth? If it is truth, then you don't get to pick and choose the parts that you like and dislike. You have to accept it as it as it is. If if the Bible is trustworthy, if you can trust it when it talks about a man rising from the dead and promising salvation from your sins, then you also have to trust it when it talks about a few other things. Otherwise, it calls that into question as well. And so if it is true and it is authoritative, then it has the right to speak into every area of your life, not just the parts that you like and you want to allow it to. I'm going to have to jump on that one, Josh, because it's a great example of uh, the pursuit of truth. Um, David Barton of Wall Builders wrote a book called The Jefferson Lies. And according to Barton, one of the Jefferson lies is that he rejected the miraculous work work of Jesus uh, when he when he compiled the so-called Jefferson Bible. He never intended for it to be published. According to Barton, uh, he he did that so that he could just have in, in a in one collected place, he could have the actual words and teaching of Jesus uh, apart apart from everything else, because actually the Jefferson Bible does include some miracles and it does include, uh, um, you know, statements of of Jesus signs and wonders. So uh, it, it but it's a it's a good example of, you know, just the pursuit of truth. Uh, how do how do we know what is true? And um, so, um, Mike, to, to your question of of, uh, you know, um, people not living up to biblicism. Uh, um, is that is that right? I mean, your your question is about how can we how can we um, claim to believe the Bible but not live it out? Is that is that what you're asking? Yeah. Does it really is it really the ultimate authority that even National Association of Evangelicals is it really that we have it with an evangelical has the Bible in high regard and we obey it as the ultimate authority in our lives, Bevington said. Yeah, I think, I think, um, you know, uh, you know, obviously uh, there have been people who, uh, uh, and, and literally all of us who claim that the Bible is true, that, that it's the guide, it's the ultimate authority for our lives. Uh, in some ways we fall short. And that's kind of the point is that uh, it teaches us that, uh, uh, we we are uh, sinful. Uh, that uh, the the mankind has fallen, and and uh, we are all uh, in a state of sin. But Jesus came and and uh, rescued us from that sin, and uh, He will ultimately um, uh, bring us, you know, to a place of of being completely free of that sin. But we're not yet there, and and so just because we believe it's our final our, our ultimate authority doesn't mean that any of us can 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 live up to it uh, perfectly and and I think that's you know uh, an important thing you know to understand and in fact uh, one of the main things that Jesus railed against was hypocrisy mm-hmm. and and so um, you know Jesus does call us to a very high standard um, but um, uh, none of us, uh, 
none of us uh, naturally uh, will will get there, and none of us, um, uh, you know, will will uh, perfectly uh, obey the scriptures, even though we consider them our our ultimate authority. So, I don't. I, I I'm kind of rambling now, but 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 I don't I don't think the two uh, are uh, mutually exclusive. In other words, that. That just because Even, something and, is our ultimate authority doesn't mean, uh, and, and because some of us sin doesn't mean that those two things uh, contradict each other. Even in that, Gosh. Sean, right? It's, I mean, it's the Bible itself which illustrates man's inability to live up to God's standards because yeah. we are fallen. Because we are fallen creatures it it reflects the very reality that that you just shared about in that while while god has standards we can't meet them because we are sinful right. fallen people and, and tim and, wants and, to say something yeah internally <laughs> we know this that's the thing like we understand exactly what josh said so there's yeah. always dissonance in the life of a christian so here's you really have one of two options to do the first is that you that you say, you know what, the standard said this, I'm living like this, I'm wrong. And accept that. And and even if it's a thing that you struggle with daily, accept that. Okay, but it's wrong. I just need to continue to repent, continue to write that I, I'm out of line, line with the standard. But let me tell you the thing that's a whole lot easier to do. And I would say maybe this might be kind of at the heart of uh, uh, Mike's question. It's a whole lot easier to just dial down the standard. Mm -hmm. If you look at the original sin in the Bible, it begins with a, well, hath God really said? <laughs> I mean, yes. you know, it's, it's, yeah. did God, I mean, did God really mean that when he said it, right? And that's how the original sin comes about, right? And this is, I think, uh, the tendency that we all do. Uh, come on, I, I mean, I can't be the only one here, but, you know, when, when you've kind of purposed in your mind to do something wrong or sinful or hold on to something that's wrong or sinful, you know, well, it really isn't that bad. Well, does what's so you either ignore what the Bible has to say at that moment, or you change the standard to make your life, you know, well, you know, I'm going to be angry at this person. Well, in the Bible, such and such got angry at somebody else, and you know that that was a thing. And if, if you know, if you know, or whether it's sexual sin, whatever it may be. But I often find that when people are really questioning the veracity of the Bible, uh, Christians, often there's there's a there is a root of sin like we want to sin we want to justify it and so we're ready to dial down the standard and yeah. we have to recognize that about ourselves that that's our tendency as christians mm -hmm. um you know and 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 to not give into that even though the world and our culture gives us a lot of outs there to not yeah. give into that can, can i throw in a, a, an angle i forgot to bring it up earlier or i, I didn't think of it bringing it up earlier but it's in our conversation here there's a contemporary pastor andy stanley i'm going to say the name who has created a lot of furor but because he's saying we need to decouple from the old testament i mean there's half of the bible that just isn't at relevant now maybe i'm misunderstanding him but it's in the context of uh him appearing to be moving more toward being affirming of uh, same-sex, uh, transgender, um, that whole issue. So that touches on our biblicism and how that gets a little mushy today. How would we rewrite the statement or how should we say our evangelical understanding, if we use that term of ourselves, we're evangelicals, we're biblicists, what does that mean? What would we want to say? How would we say it today? 
What do you think? Well, first of all, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, really curious about, I'm really curious about Andy Stanley. What, what's he actually saying? Because but, yeah, the New Testament does a pretty good job. Yeah, of, the New Testament. Uh, is, new, uh, sounds sounds like we have well. another Calvary conversation topic that just came yes, up for do. next time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Josh. Again, you either accept the whole thing or you just throw the whole thing out the window. It's The choice is yours. Well, and, and there's biblical precedent for that. Here's my my if if I'm going to give my elevator speech as to why I believe in in the Bible, Old Testament and New, yeah. it's because the Old Testament was entirely endorsed by Christ. He held it in high regard, and you can see this in the Gospels. So yeah, you have that. The New Testament is highly was highly regarded by each of the apostles in in the New Testament. Yeah. So you have the people who are you, you either were Christ. Or directly under Christ, having holding all sixty six of these books in high regard, right? I I I just don't think you can you 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 know if that's true if 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 this pastor is really taking it's this position, it's really just not in line with a historic view of of the Bible. Well, I'm I'm not sure it's going to be popular to give Andy Stanley some grace here. But uh, but the reality is, is that the New Testament teaches that we are not under the law of Moses anymore. And that's true. This is um, also true. And so we are under grace. That means we don't stone homosexuals. <laughs> you know, we don't take them out and stone them. Um, but it, it doesn't all of a sudden, uh, grace doesn't all of a sudden make, if, if that's what we're talking about is homosexuality and gender dysphoria or whatever, um, it, it doesn't all of a sudden make homosexuality not sinful. Uh, grace is very different. It 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 means that that uh, as as Paul says to the Corinthians, some of whom were homosexuals. He said some of you were uh, homosexuals, and he says, but 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 you've been washed, you've been cleansed, you've been forgiven of that sin. You know, so so uh, you know if that's what Andy means that. We're no longer under the law of Moses. Then yes, that's that, that's correct. But but uh, you know it doesn't it doesn't uh, therefore make uh, homosexuality okay. It means that we we uh, we we are under grace and we can be forgiven of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, I hate to sort of stop us, bring us to a close. We burned up another very good half hour for everybody but uh, and resolved we, we, all issues related to this. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah right well and and that's that's what I was going to close with you know for our listeners you know there there are a lot of questions that people come to the bible we, we need to have uh, god's good answers for and tim as you just said hey there's a good elevator statement we start with uh, there is a basis of authority and that's what we're all affirming is god's word Though we have to, as we've said, interpret it correctly, that's part of the problem, but also help people as we try to live out that which the world totally opposes, which is God's truth. So I, at the least, I hope for our listeners, this is a, engendered a good conversation that we all need to have, is the Bible. And what does it mean to say the Bible is our authority, our ultimate authority for life and, and for truth? And I hope if that's generated a conversation that you uh, want to have with others, great. If you want to have a conversation with any of us, see the link below, send us a text. And we'd like to be, as well as if there's other time, an address that would help you as you 
just to lay out a conversation that you need to take further by looking into God's Word and talking with others in the body of Christ. We're delighted that that was caused by what we did today. So join us again for another Calvary Conversation. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Calvary Conversations, a service of Calvary University in Kansas City, Missouri. We invite you to participate in the conversation by contacting us through the Calvary University website, calvary.edu, or by calling us at 816-322-0110. Join us again next week for another Calvary Conversation.